Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, you know, it's uh, Monday, it is July 22nd, and we're a bit late, yeah, we had a bit of a production snafu, so instead of this releasing at 6am, it had to come out later in the day, I know it's upsetting for those of you that were on your morning commute and there was no Elon Daily, I mean, it's just a travesty, tragedy and sad in many ways, Uh, but let's get into this. There's a couple of things going on this week. First of all, in Tesla news, they're going to release their second quarter earnings, I think, on Wednesday. The analysts believe that they are going to lose money again, but not as much money as they used to. So some of the analysts thinking they're going to lose about $0.50 per share, which is way better than the over $3 per share of the first quarter. So if you're going to lose money, you may as well lose it a little slower than you were before. It's uh, not clear exactly what the numbers will be, but don't expect gigantic profits is at least what the analysts are saying. And of course, you have to take what the analysts say with a bit of a grain, a bit of a pinch, a bit of a lithium salt, as it were, because they're often, you know, all over the place. And over the weekend here in Los Angeles, they did a little bit of a Hyperloop competition. That's right, they do it every year, and there was a new record set, but that new record was not as fast as people had hoped. So the same group that won last year, TUM Hyperloop, set a record of 288 miles an hour, which is only four miles an hour faster than the year before. And part of the problem is, that has now you know been recognized for a while, is that this Hyperloop isn't very long. It's above ground. It's basically a tube, and it's like a kilometer long or something like that. Maybe it's a mile long, 1.6 kilometers. And um, it's just not uh, enough to get up to speed and then to stop without crashy-crashing. So... Elon announced via the Twitter that they are going to build a 10-kilometer vacuum tube, a vacuum tube with a curve rather than the current one-miler. So uh, that's huge and big, and they want to try and get close to that theoretical 400 and, or 760 miles per hour, about 1,000 kilometers an hour, that they hope to achieve in the future. So I think this is great. Um, for a long time, I've been thinking the Hyperloop Tunnel, if they're serious about this, Let's build it out. Let's make it bigger. And then if you're going to have other people do the competition and try and, you know, improve the technologies via sort of crowdsourcing, as it were, then build it longer. So that is supposedly going to occur. And we're going to have it um, next year for next year's Hyperloop competition. With the heat waves that are occurring in uh, the US right now, mostly sort of uh, Midwest and on the East Coast, just terrible heat waves that we are told we're going to see a exponential increase because of global warming, the number of hot days goes from like 10 days to 40 days to some places 180 days a year. We might be living in Hyperloop tunnels. We may have to go underground. It's a bit of a concern. It's a bit of a worry. It's uh, very upsetting. Huge problem. Humans just do not do very well in the heat and the heat index. So if you've got some humidity and it's hot, you can die super fast, and there's just increasing parts of the world which are seeing more and more of these ultra-hot days. And unfortunately, the modeling suggests there is just going to be so many of these that large parts of the world, particularly during the hottest time of the year, will not be inhabitable by humans going outside. You will have to be inside or you will have to move. It's really, really a problem. And the modeling, like I say, is frightening in the coming decades. On the good news fronts, perhaps the most exciting car company outside of Tesla in the world right now, is Rivian. Rivian's all-electric R1T pickup truck and R1S SUV actually are not going to make it into people's uh, driveways until next year. But according to Tesla Rati, it looks like the production line is really ramping up. 
and uh, well on its way to full production. So over the weekend, the company's official Twitter account teased its manufacturing progress with photos of several stamped metal frames hanging on racks, this is all according to Tesserati, inside of one of their facilities. And then they say, busy making metal. So uh, this is pretty exciting. You can go on to Tesserati and you can check out the pictures. But this could be real. You know, it's really hard to start a car company, as Tesla has shown. And although Rivian isn't going to be looking to the, you know, the many hundreds of thousands of these vehicles initially, they're only talking like, I think, 40,000, 20 to 40,000 initially. If they can pull it up, I think it's a really great thing. A car company that's built from the ground up to make electric vehicles is really good. We're still waiting for the big manufacturers to really, you know, put their heads together and get their act together as it were. GM and Ford keep talking about how they're going to make these electric trucks and stuff, but where are they? You know, you should be able to, shouldn't you? Be able to make these much faster than a Tesla and a Rivian, but where are they? So the truck market here in the US is kind of bizarre. Even though gas prices you know, go up every year kind of thing, slowly, big cars and SUVs are still all the rage here. In California, gas prices are now over four bucks a gallon. And usually what happens is the price goes up of uh, the gas and then the car size goes down. But it's sort of bucked that trend this time because the gas prices have been going up, or petrol, as you would call it, have been going up and up and up and up and up. But people still want them some giant trucks. I'm not exactly sure why, because they're hard to park, but maybe you feel safer in them. And if you really are, you know, got a lot of stuff to haul around, it's important. But generally, I don't want a big car. I want a little car. But most people apparently... They want them some big cars. So if they want them some big cars, at least let's get them some electric big cars and let's make the uh, energy going into them something that is, you know, more renewable. Because these big things like the Ram and all these other things get mile per gallon equivalents in the 20s. Yeah, 20 miles per gallon equivalents. Terrible. So we really want to get the people that want the big ones something that will get something more like, you know, 100 miles per gallon equivalent of the electricity and make it infinite by putting just infinitely renewable energy in there because these trucks, oh my gosh, they are not energy efficient. So we recorded a big show, a large show, a grand show yesterday with the boys and it'll probably come out tomorrow. And one of the things we talk about there is uh, supercharging and the supercharger network expanding substantially, hopefully again this year. And the fact that there is a new one in Vegas. So if you uh, get a chance, go onto the interwebs and go check out the new one in Vegas. What we really need is really very, very renewable energy, right? And so even a supercharger network, which just uses the electricity off the grid, is only as clean as that grid is. And it depends on where you are as to how much renewable energy is being used there. But the hope has been that the supercharger network will basically be run off solar and batteries and will be overwhelmingly using renewable energy. And this one in Vegas that is now open, it's a V3 supercharger. It has all of the components of really what is that hope-for supercharging network with lots of solar panels, lots of batteries, lots of really fast charging. And if we can spread those everywhere, all over the place, now we're getting somewhere. And in theory, the maintenance cost will be quite low with that. And yes, you can still grid tie them and probably will. But if the overwhelming amount of energy that is being produced and used is renewable, then the supercharger network goes from fantastic as a very useful resource to charge your car to super fantastic because it truly has become very renewable energy versus just relying on whatever's coming off the grid in that area, which sometimes is really good. Sometimes it's like a lot of energy that is from renewables and sometimes, eh, not so much. So let's build these out, baby. B 
build them out. And on that note, apparently Tesla is withdrawing or stopping those secondhand cars with free supercharging for life. Looks like they're going to get rid of that. People used to go buy an older Tesla. And one of the things that really got them into it is that that VIN number for that car had supercharging for life. It looks like that program is about to go away, which is a tad sad but understandable. They need some money to put into the supercharger network. I do not feel bad when I go to a supercharger and I get charged five bucks. I'm like, please put that into solar panels and make more of these. Please, please. Free supercharging is a huge perk. Makes you feel good. I've got like four or five thousand dollars worth of free supercharging and it just feels good. I'm like, oh, when I go for long drives, I'm not going to have to pay for anything. It's very powerful. But at the same time, I need some cash to do that. So... It's a bit of a conundrum. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, my name's Mel Herbert. The show's Elon Day. Big show, I think, tomorrow. Big show tomorrow, I think, with the boys. There was a lot of energy, and it was a big show. Uh, we'll talk to you tomorrow.